0: and every person. Lord, breathe upon the dry bones. Breathe upon the prodigal city, Breathe, God, fresh life. Fresh life into your people today, into your saints,
1: God. Oh, winds of God, come and breathe upon us today. Even in the silence, Lord. I...
0: turn our selfishness around, God, that we would begin to think about others and see others, God, through your eyes, Jesus. Crush our selfish heart, God. Crush our selfish nature, Jesus. Open our eyes to see things the way you see things, God. Let our heart break.
1: It will be blown into.
2: the sword of the spirit Father God Father God everything that we've been worshiping through these songs Father I believe is a a proclamation from you today Father God that you see your people suffering you see your people carrying heavy loads but Jesus says take my yoke upon you take my yoke upon you and cast your burdens on him and he will carry you through come on let's give the Lord a hand clap praise. come on Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus, amen, 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 you can be seated if you if you like, if you don't like, i actually still be seated, amen, 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 we just want to dismiss our children to their classes right now, if we're, to oh, it's darker than usual. <laughs> I'm just noticing, amen, amen. How many of you glad to be here today? Yes, amen. How many of you glad the Lord was here today? Amen. He, his presence was here. His Holy Spirit was here. Amen. I'm just so thankful for the Lord, how faithful he is. Amen. People will let you down, but God will never let you down. Amen, amen. Can we get an amen on that? Amen, amen. amen. So if you would, just take out your notes this morning. Again, I just want to talk to you this morning. Uh, my message is, empty your wagon, bring it all to Jesus. Empty your worry wagon and bring it all to Jesus. You know, we used to working offshore and things like that. And when they had a lot to do, they used to say, don't worry about the mule, just load the wagon. No matter how much you got to do, don't worry about the mule. And I'm not calling Jesus a mule. Okay, That's a, don't take that the wrong way. But don't worry about Jesus. Just load the wagon. He could carry all your burdens. He could carry all your stresses. He could carry all your worries. And that's why he says, cast your cares upon him. Amen. So let's just begin in prayer as we get started this morning. Uh, Father, I just again thank you. I thank you for another beautiful day in our lives. Father God, we thank you. Again, as we get to study your word this morning, I pray that every blind eye would be open this morning. Father, every deaf ear would be open to the spiritual truths. Father God, every mind be able to comprehend your truths this morning. And most of all, Father, prepare each and every heart to receive your word this morning. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray and everybody says, Amen. Amen, Amen. Again, if you have your notes I don't want you to take them out and... I promise not to be long today. Uh, we'll see how that works out. I, I don't always, I, people let you down. I said that before, so I may let you down if you hold to that promise. But uh, <laughs> Empty your wagon, bring it all to Jesus' The scripture uh, is, is the name of this message today. And basically what we're going to talk about, I want to share with you, is that if anyone in the world had burdens anyone in the world had stress, it would have been Jesus. You see, as we get ready to study this, I need you to understand, understand what we don't understand. That the Word became flesh and made His uh, dwelling among us. And we understand that Jesus is 100% God, but yet 100% man. Okay? He... You'd say, oh, well, he's 50-50. No, he was 100% God. He was 100% man. It's beyond what we could comprehend and understand. And that's okay. But this is what you need to understand, that Jesus came down and he was just, had the nature like us that he could be tempted. You know, a lot of times people get this, they say, oh, well, he was son of God, so he wasn't even tempted. He didn't feel no pain on the cross. no. He faced all those things just as a 100% human as we did. Why, why do you think he was taken to this uh, de- uh, desert, led by the Holy Spirit to the desert to be tempted by the devil? Because he could be tempted. And you see, Jesus overcame temptation for us, and he showed us the way how to overcome temptation with the Word of God because he was tempted but yet never gave in the temptation. He could have sinned but yet never sinned. He came and done... Everything we cannot do. And so I, I want to begin reading in 1 Peter 5-7. And Peter's referencing a couple of verses um, in Scripture. He's actually referencing from the Beatitudes, and, and it's not in the computer, Nathaniel, so don't look there, but Matthew six twenty five through 32 where Jesus begins telling everybody in the Beatitudes... Don't worry about tomorrow. It has enough worries of its own and all these things. He's saying, don't worry about all this stuff. And then also he's actually quoting from Psalms 55 verse 22. And this is basically what it says, First Peter 5, 7 in your notes. It says this, cast some, no, cast all your anxiety because, cast all your anxiety because he cares for you. Uh, Isn't isn't that a grace? Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. See, he's saying this life is going to stress you out. This life is going to put pressure on you. But because he is faithful, and I love this part, because why? He cares for you. See, God didn't put us on this earth to suffer, that he wants us to be, uh, suffer and have anguish and have all kind of stress. Jesus says, I come that you may have a life and have it to the full. It's not that he wants us to do those things, but we have to understand that this life will have, we will have worry, we will have stress, there are pressures of life that goes on and we can't, I wish we could just do like, you know, I dream of genie blinky eyes and disappear from everything. But it does, it's not, doesn't happen that way. But what I want you to understand is that Jesus was our role model, our pattern for everything in this world. And that's what I want to talk about this morning is well, how did Jesus handle all the pressures of this world that was on him? Again, uh, I know everybody's going through something uh, people are going through different things. Some have more pressures than others. But we need to understand that Jesus by far had all the pressure in the world. You know, you, you may think you have the weight of the world on your shoulders, but Jesus had the weight of the world on his shoulders. He literally did. Sometimes we may feel like that the weight of the world is on our shoulders, but that's why it says cast all your anxiety on him, all your stress, all your worries, uh, uh, because he cares for you. And I know the Bible tells us that we are to carry one another's burdens and we are it, it, to help and do those things. But how many of you know, like I was just saying, other people are going through things too. And some things are bigger than what the other people could carry. So there are some big burdens in people's lives that they can't help you. Although they do want to, they'd love to help you, but they can't. It's only something God could do. Only God could carry your burdens. And I, I love that because... Uh, Christ sustains us because He cares for you. And and that's where you have to understand. The only reason you woke up this morning is because God still loves you, He still cares for you, and He still has a plan for your life. You're still here. And and, uh, on the paper, you're going to see what I wrote down. God's plan for your life, His plan for your life, the reason you woke up today far exceeds the circumstances you find yourself in today. Whatever circumstances you find yourself in, it may be, you know, some people may have a lot more issues they're dealing with right now than others, but guess what? Life's a roller coaster, right? You're either coming out of something, going in something, or getting ready to go in something, right? So we understand that, that life has a lot of uh, things, but nothing that I'm facing in this world outweighs what God has for me and my purpose in life. And you see which we're going to use as an example here in a while, God's always moving us from point A to point B. He doesn't want us just still in our life, in our spiritual maturity. And we're going to see that as, we're, as He moves us from point A to point B in our plan, there are trials we go through. But I need to understand that if, it, if it's Him that's calling me through to it, He's going to carry me through it. Okay? If He calls you to it, He will carry you through it. And so let's quickly look at our notes here. Uh, and I I thought the best example would be where Jesus calms the storm in in the disciples' life, okay? And so let's look at our notes here. Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 25 says this. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Now think about that for a second. Jesus tells his disciples, okay guys, let's get in a boat and let's go across the lake. So we understand it was by order of Jesus, telling them it was a plan for Jesus. They didn't know what was going to happen. Jesus knew everything that was going to happen. Jesus knew that when he went across, he was going to heal a uh, demon possessed boy and all these things. The, The men did not know, but Jesus says, look, I'm taking you on a journey. I'm taking you from point A to point B. And... So this was their, his plan for their life from point A to point B. And everybody would think, oh, well, if God's sending me, if this is my path, then it's going to be easy. You know, we're, we're getting on the love boat. Uh, you remember the old show in the 70s, love boat on a cruise? Everything's going to be nice, uh, everything. But guess what happens? It was far from the love boat when they were on, but yet they were still in the will of God. Jesus says, let us go to the other side of the lake. So they got in the boat. And set out. And it says, as they sailed, he, meaning Jesus, fell asleep. Jesus was about calm and relaxed. And this is where I want you to understand, again, where Jesus was just 100% human. He was tired and fell asleep. See, he would physically get exhausted. He physically needed to rest. And how many of you know that when you have stress of life, when when you're really carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, it's going to be stressful and things like that, and it'll wear you out. Stress will wear you out. And so we see Jesus falls asleep. Now, Jesus knew, I believe, ahead of time that a storm would pop up, but yet he's still able to fall asleep and sleep through it. You know why? Because he knew his journey wasn't over. He knew God would bring the storm to them, but he'd also bring them through it because he wasn't finished. God had another plan for his life. It It wasn't to drown in a lake with a storm. And notice what he goes on to say. As they sailed, a squall came down. How many of you know that we all have storms in life? A squall came down. Even when they're following Jesus' will to get from point A to point B, sometimes in your life when God's taking you, and the Bible says it, He takes us from glory to glory as He's working in our life, working in us in the different things, and He's bringing us from point A to point B. Sometimes there are squalls that happen, whether it be that God's showing us something, whether it be with something that with somebody else does that are out of our control. But we need to understand, how many of you have ever had a storm in your life, a squall? We, uh, the Cajuns call it a grand you remember, uh, that's how my grandpa and all used to say, oh, that grass coming, the cloud getting dark, and sure enough, the rain and storm would come. And so we, we see that, that they're in, in that boat, and it says, so the boat was being what? Swamped. Circle that, swamp. That means overwhelmed. They found themselves in a situation that was bigger than them, and it was swamping. It was, they felt like they were drowning. It, it, you know, Have you ever been where well, you don't know how much more you could take? On the edge, it's okay. We both hands and uh, lift up both feet if I could, but we all go through that. That that feel we could feel overwhelmed. And we'll see after a while. Jesus Himself felt overwhelmed in His soul. So it's not something to be ashamed of. It's something to, to recognize and know what we got to do is and cast our uh, cares and burdens on Him. <coughs> Excuse me. So the boat was being swamped. And overwhelmed, and they were in great danger. So they were in danger of their life. They thought they were going to die. And how many of you know that? I'm sure. As they were going out there, they were talking to each other, probably screaming at each other. You know how uh, conversations once it starts getting tenser and tenser and things, and, and they do this, do that, throw it, paddle here, paddle there. And they were talking to each other, but they never could co- find comfort in the other people. They never found calm in any of the other disciples. You know the only place they found calm was when they brought it to Jesus. See they would have fought their whole the whole time, but when they brought it to Jesus, things changed. He says the disciples so the disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we are going to drown. And he got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waters, the storm subsided, and all was calm. And he made this statement to them. Where is your faith? He asked the disciples. I want to stop there for a second. Where is your faith? And I started thinking about that. And I think he's kind of saying, you know, didn't, wasn't I the one that told you to get in the boat? Wasn't I the one that told you we're going to go to the other side? Then why in the middle, when a storm came, you thought, It was hopeless. Why you started panicking? They they thought they were going to die. Don't you know we are to cast all those things on him because he cares for you? In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. And that's why we begin talking about that no matter what they would have done that day, the only place they could find calm and peace was in Jesus. You know, you could try and do it with other people, and we need other people in our lives, but sometimes the storms are bigger than the other people. Sometimes the storms are bigger than what other people could do for you. It's only in Jesus. And I always say, say this at weddings and everything else, that until God is your number one relationship in your life. You're going to be struggling. God created Adam first and established that relationship before he created Eve or any other. And that's a picture showing us that only God can can fulfill every need you have in your life. Because Adam never asked God for Eve. Why? Although he's seen male and female of every other animal. Why? Because he was totally content in his life with his relationship with God. Then it's God that said, it's not good for man to be alone. And that, that's why we need to realize that only him, if I put my faith in somebody else and trust in somebody else, they're only going to let me down. At, at some point, they're going to let you down. They can't do what only God can do. They cannot, it's, the, people will put such high expectations on you that are impossible. You'll never have your expectations fulfilled by a person, only God. So talking about expectations, this is what I want you to understand. Again, just about the the pressures of Jesus' life. Being the Son of God, 100% human and things. And think about this, wherever he went later on in life, If someone was sick, they came and they expected to be healed. They came to him, and and I'm trying to think, picture this on his human side, his his mind, will, and emotions. See, Jesus had just like us. But he had great faith. He knew his father would heal people. But think about how many people constantly was bringing sick people to him. And their expectations of him was to heal every one of them. Think about how many times he, they would want to invite him to a funeral because they knew when he went to the funeral, the dead person rises. What expectations? Look in, in, your, in your Bible or in your notes at 1 John 2.2 2, saying this, the pressure on Jesus. He is the, it says, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. But can I tell you, load the wagon. Don't worry about Jesus. He's able to do it. Load the wagon. Cast your burdens and cares on him because he came and done what no one else could do. they think got a few other examples of expectations with Jesus. He's got 5,000 people following him and they all get all of a sudden hungry. So they bring him two little pieces of bread and five fish and he has to make a buffet to feed over 5,000 people. What expectations? right? Even his, before his very first miracle at the wedding at Cana, his mother said, oh, Jesus will fix this. Y'all ran out? Get, do whatever he tells you. And he says, mother, my time has not yet come. But she had put expectations on him. See, he's carrying the expectations and the weight of the world all on his shoulders. So if anybody knew about stress, anybody knew about expectations that people put on you would be Jesus. So how did Jesus cope with this? Is, is what we want to look at. So uh, <clears throat> I, I wrote down four things that, that I think are very key and important when I, I lay it above the, the pattern, Jesus' pattern for us to manage stress in our life. How do we manage stress in our life? You're not going to escape stress, right? Unless somehow you got a way that somebody's going to put you in a desert island by yourself and you don't have a care in the world and every once in a while Amazon's going to drop you a package of food. You, that's about it. But we cannot escape stress in our life. Again, and we could eliminate as much of it as we can with, with the way we live and the way we do things. But how many of you know that what other people do affect your life also? Have you ever had any stress on your life because of, some, not because of you, but because of someone else? Anybody raise a child? Right? <laughs> That's all thing, you know, when, when they're little, they got little problems. And you think, oh, I can't wait till they get older. Yes, you can. <laughs> the older they get, the bigger the problems get and the more stress. Amen. But what I want to talk about is how did Jesus manage stress? Uh, the first thing is, uh, I labeled it identification. <clears throat> In your first blank, write down Identification. And this kind of goes with the uh, message I had spoke the other day on identity a couple of weeks ago, so you could go back and listen to that. But this is what I want you to write down on the side of, that, of, of this, identification. Uh, it's not going to be on the board, but I want you to understand that Jesus knew, number one, who he was. So we have to know who we are, okay? The second thing, he also knew whose he was. We have to know who we are in Christ, and we have to know whose we belong to. And then we have to know why we're here. See, once you know who you are, whose you are, and why you're here, that's the first step to handling stress. So you can stress will come in so many different forms. People will put so many things on you. But if you know who you are, whose you are, and why you're here, Then you'll you'll get through it. You see, if you don't know who you are and whose you are, what's going to happen is you're going to let other people's expectations be put on you. Can I tell you, you'll never live up to people's expectations. Right? And you're going to be, instead of trying to please the Lord, you're going to be living trying to please the expectations of other people. Which we'll never do. Let's go through this quickly here. John 5.30 says this. Jesus is speaking. He says, by myself, I can do nothing. In other words, he's saying, even without my father, I can do nothing. By myself, I cannot do nothing. Then he goes on to say, I I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but the one who sent." I seek to please not myself, not all these people, but the one who sent me. Now think about this. When Jesus was on earth and all, all the people's expectations of him was for him to be a king on this earth. But that wasn't God's expectation of him. And can I tell you it would have been easier to be a king on this earth than it was to go through what he had to go through? See, but people put expectations on you. This is what they want you to be. But if you're not careful, you begin trying to meet their needs and meet their... Again, we want to be sociable people. We want to help people as much as they want. But we have to make sure we're meeting and and fulfilling the purpose that God has for us. That's what Jesus says. I know who I am and I know whose I am. And I know why I'm here. I'm not here to please even myself, but I'm here to please my father. Philippians 4.13 says this. So if you're born again Christian, it it says, I can do all this or I can do all things. How? Through Him who gives me strength. I can do, I'm a child of, I need to know who I am, whose I am and why I'm here. So whatever I'm going through, I could say, I could make it through this because I know God didn't put me here to die here. I know God didn't put me here to sink here. I know God didn't put me here for all this storm, this granicum, and all the waves to swamp my boat, and I'm going to be drowned in the lake. He's taken me from here to there on a reason. So I know I'm going to make it. I can do all things. I'll have peace because I know whose I am and His will for my life. So I'll make it across. I'll make it through this storm in life, whatever that storm may be. And how do I do it? through him. I can't panic. I can't go scream at the other disciples in the boat that we're drowning. I have to go to him. If I want to find calm in the storm, I bring it to him. See, too many people bring it to other people. You don't bring it to him. And I bring it to, to you, and we just, we just, it just keeps the storm going. And that's what the disciples were doing before they decided to wake them up. They, they exhausted everything they could do, but yet they were still fearful, stressed out, weighted down, and until they found the peace in the storm, who is Jesus. You see? Sometimes we look at the wrong source. We put our expectations... In other people. You you help me with this. Now, again, we ought to pray for one another and those things. But we need to bring it to Jesus. We need to cast our cares on Him. And again, I love that. Because He cares for me. You see, that's the other part. You have to realize how much He cares for you. Cast all your anxiety, all your worries on Him because He cares for you. Number two is uh, we need to focus. Looking at his life, we need to focus. Focus on who we are and whose we are and why we're here. I was thinking about this, that when I have this all laid out in front of me, but unless I put these on now, you know, when you get older, (laughs) you can't focus, I can't focus without these. And when I'm, when I'm unfocused, it's all gibberish. The world's chaotic. But when I put these on, I could bring a focus and a true meaning to what's right there in front of me. It's there. But until I focus, can I walk it out and see it in my life? Now, notice what it says here in uh, Luke 9:51. It says, as the time drew near for his return to heaven. This is the Living Bible Translation. And and that sounds so sweet, huh? As it drew near his time to return to heaven. Doesn't that sound sweet? But in his mind and what he knew he had to go through, returning to heaven meant getting arrested, getting whipped, getting beat, getting punched in the side with a spear, getting uh, flogged, getting a crown of thorns on his head, being nailed to a cross and hung up to die. That's what he was looking for, forward to. That's what what this was talking about there. And how many of you know that's a lot of pressure? Again, we cannot think in our mind, oh, well, he was the son of God, so he really didn't feel it. He felt it just like you would feel it. And and that's why we have to understand, and we see the anguish, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But it says, "It it was for his return to heaven, and he did what? moved steadily on on toward Jerusalem with an iron will. He had to focus in on the purpose that God created him for. He knew he was born to die for the sins of the world. And everything, Satan came and tried to tempt him in the beginning, giving him all these things, but it was just fluff. It wasn't what he was really supposed to do. And if you're not careful, you're going to get distracted from what you are here for, and you're going to end up not fulfilling the purpose that you're here for. So we need to focus. How many of you, uh, kids these days don't do this, but how many of us grown up with magnifying glasses? Remember, that was our electronic toys, right? <laughs> you get a magnifying glass, and what you do, you, you know, it makes things bigger, but... When you learn what you could do with it, boys especially, you could be destructive. That if you focus the sunlight through that thing, you could actually start a fire. Go around killing some ants, you know, burning them, watching them shrivel. You see, when I focus, I have more power, more intention. I, I keep it there. So think about how the sunlight, when it's focused, it's turned up. So in my life, when I could focus on my purpose, as Jesus says, he steadily moved forward to a place he didn't want to go. But he did it with an iron will because he was focused on uh, finishing the plan God had for his life. (coughs) Third thing is prayer and communication. So you need, first of all, the pattern of of Jesus for our life to manage stress is you have to know who you are. You have to know your identity, who you are, whose you are, and why you're here. Second thing, we have to focus on those things and quit being distracted. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Qu- keep, quit getting distracted and going everywhere else in life except where God wants you to be. Uh, prayer and communication, which I kind of talked about last week a little bit. But this is what I want you to see in Jesus's life. And I always say this. If there was one person you could say could make it through life without prayer. Well, shouldn't it be the Son of God? Right? If anybody, any human could do without it, it would be Him. Right? You'd think He would have enough to make... If anybody stood a chance, He would. But that was far from the truth. Jesus was prayed more than everybody else around Him. But yet somehow we seem to miss how important that is for our life. Although He laid out that pattern. Notice what it says here. Prayer and communication. Luke 5, 15. Yet the news about him spread even more and more. Again, think of all this expectation. He's showing up and everybody's bringing their sick people to him and all these things, throwing all this weight on his shoulders so that crowds of people came to hear and to be healed of their sickness. You see, they came to hear him, but they also were expecting him to heal them. But notice what it says. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. You see, isn't it great? Yeah, you, you, you're, you could go and heal a bunch of people, but he says, sometimes I need to get alone with my father. See, all this pressure and weight and expectations of these people are going to stress me out. I need to be alone with my father. And cast my cares upon him. And cast my burdens upon him. Notice what uh, John 15, 5 says. Jesus speaking, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. See, we need to stay in constant communication now we're saved we we can't save ourselves i understand that part but he is the vine and we are the branches and, but if you cut a, a a branch off the vine what dies the branch you see we have to stay connected and in communication with him each and every day so let, let's look at mark 14:32 through 42 this is where jesus is getting ready to go to the cross Garden of Gethsemane, he's getting ready to be arrested. Pressure, stress, it's all about to go down, and he knows it. And notice this. And again, this is where we see his human side, his human side, and things in, in this. And notice what it says. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here and do what? Pray. Okay? He's, a, he's gone through the most stress in his life and he's trying to tell him, this is how we can overcome it. It's communication and prayer. Communicate. And that's why prayer, I just renamed it last week, saying it's communication. It's talking to God. You know, sometimes people don't understand prayer, but prayer is simple communicating and communication is talking to, but also listening to. It's both ways. What just a one-sided thing is not communicating. It's got to be from both sides. He says, sit here while I pray. He took Peter and James and John along with him. So the others stayed back. He brought these three. Again, guys, I'm stressed out. Y'all come and help me carry my burden. Come and help me. And this is where we're going to see how people uh, 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 fall short. He says, uh, and he, Jesus began to be what? Deeply distressed and troubled. You see that? He began to be not just distressed and troubled, deeply distressed and troubled because the weight of the world was about to be on his shoulders, all these expectations, and he knew the pain he was about to suffer. You know, sometimes people say, you know, we we get real nervous if you're going to have an operation of any kind guess what, there's no anesthesia back then there's nothing to help it's not all those things again, not putting down having uh, surgeries of any type but Jesus, what he was about to go through says, I'm going to feel everything he became deeply distressed and troubled and notice what verse 34 he says my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, my human side is what? Overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He's telling you, I am so overwhelmed, like, like we talked about the, the boat, that it was being swamped, overwhelmed. Jesus was at a point in his life that his soul, his mind, will, and emotions, he says, I can't take it. This is more than I can bear. I, I can't handle this. He says, I'm so overwhelmed to the point of debt, he said to them. And then he said, stay here. Keep watch. In other words, stay awake. Be alert. Be praying. I need you guys to help me get through what I'm going through. And then Jesus went a little further. He left those three and wanted to be along with the Father. He fell to the ground and prayed this. If it is possible... Uh, Pray that if it's possible that the hour might pass from him. He said this, Abba, Father. He said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. See, it was more than he could bear in his human thing. It says, please don't make me go through this. Anything's possible with you, God. God. Please don't let me go through this that is so overwhelming, so overbearing, overwhelming and bearing. He says, but then he says this, yet not what I will, but what you will. You see, he began focused on who he was, whose he was, and why he was. His soul didn't want to go through what he was going through. But he says, I'm not here to please me. I'm here to please my Father. I'm here to please who sent me. And I know I was sent to die for the world, sins of the world. Verse 37, then he returned to his disciples. Again, how Jesus, how Jesus is trying to cope with stress? Communication, prayer with the Father. He set setting the pattern for us, Okay. He returned and found them sleeping. Thank you, guys. I knew I could count on you. Right? I had all of you here. I had all 12 of you here, and I said, you know what? I'm going to take my best three. James and John, Sons of Thunder, come on. Peter, come on. You are my God. You are the ones I'm holding to. I know I could trust you. comes back. They wore out, right? You see how I'm saying? You got to give it to God because people will let you down. People, and again, on their defense, they were going through a lot of things in their life too. But notice what Jesus calls Peter. Remember, he was called. He was Simon, and then he made the statement. You know that. uh, that you are the son of the living God and all these things. And Jesus says, upon this statement of your faith, Simon, Pe- you are now Peter, a rock. And I'll build my church upon that statement that you made. But now he's calling him back Simon. See, because he's gone back. And you've got to remember, Peter was the one that denies Christ three times. And Peter was saying, look, I'll never deny you all these things. And Jesus says, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. So Jesus knew Peter was about to be put in a pressured moment. Okay? Listen, don't jump and beat up on Peter. Peter was taken, and you know why he denied? Because he thought he would be killed. That's a pressured moment. You could say it with all you want, with all your spirituality. If somebody walked up to you right now, put a gun to your head, and you knew they would kill you if you say you love Jesus Christ. I'm not saying you won't say you love Jesus Christ, but it's a pressured moment. There's a lot of pressure in that. And until you're in that situation, you don't know what you're going to say. Because Peter was assured in himself, in his own abilities, that he would never deny Christ. But when the time came, he did. And can I say, Peter just wasn't your average guy? No, Peter wasn't just a guy that was uh, in and out of church. Uh, sometimes he serves the Lord, sometimes he don't. This is one of his 12. And, and if we see the stress in Peter's life like that, how we have to be willing to see ourselves that we might not be as strong as we are, as we think we are. That's a lot of times why God puts you through the test. And then when you start panicking, He says, well, where's your faith? I thought you had all this faith. Well, I look on your Facebook and you nothing but faith. All this faith, but then a little trial comes in your life and you're freaking out. Okay, I'm meddling there. Watch us back up. He found them sleeping. He says, Simon, Peter, are you asleep? I like that. Are you asleep? He knew he was. But you know what he was beginning to try and get him to see is, Jesus asks a question for you to see yourself. He already knows the answer. He wanted Peter to admit, yeah, I was. I, I, I see, I, I wasn't doing what I should be doing. He says, couldn't you watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Peter, I I warned you a while ago that you're going to deny me. And he says the temptation to deny me is about to come. And I'm trying to show you a pattern of how you overcome the temptation. And that is through prayer. Prayer. And communication with my father. But yet you're sleeping. You see, Jesus was at the point of stress overwhelmed there. Peter was about to be at the point of overwhelming stress. Jesus overcame the stress. Peter failed with the stress. What difference did they do? Jesus went along to be with the Lord and give it to him. Peter was exhausted and rested. Oh, I'm too tired to pray. (laughs) You better drink some coffee. (laughs) I said that last week, you know, the church's, people's quiet time has, I believe, has become too quiet. I mean, it's not existent. Verse 38, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Then he makes this statement. The spirit is willing, but the What's weak? The flesh. Now, Jesus is talking about... Oh, I didn't, I didn't notice the time. Jesus is talking about uh, himself and Peter. He's saying the Spirit's willing. I want to do, Jesus is saying, I want to do the will of my Father, but my flesh does not want to. Right? Didn't he say, take this cup away from me, but yet not my will, thy will? He's saying my flesh is weak, my soul, my mind, my will and emotions does not want to go through what I'm about to go through. He says, but in my spirit I want to. And he's, he's telling Peter, in your spirit you, you really don't want to deny me, but you're about to go through the pressure cooker, but your flesh is going to be weak. So he's trying to tell him that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's why you need to watch and pray, stay in communication with God. So that you don't fall into temptation. Verse 39. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. Uh, again, people go through their own things. That's, that's what I was going to talk a little bit about here, but for sake of time, we're going to keep going. They, do not know, they did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, okay, let, let's stop here. What have they been doing? Sleeping when they should have been praying. What was Jesus doing? Praying while everyone else was sleeping. Now watch the outcome. He comes back this third time. When they, when they first showed up in the garden, Jesus is about overwhelmed. I don't know if I could take this, but watch the boldness now. Verse 41, Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting enough? He says, the hour has come. He, he, he's, he's focused again. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of the sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. And in other words, He says, I, I know who I am. I know whose I am. And I know why I'm here. Let's go. I'm, my, my, my flesh don't want to take this, but my spirit's willing. And, and the Father has empowered me, and I'm going because I know I'm His. Let's get it going and finally, number four is we need to refresh ourselves. Refresh ourselves. First is identity, focus, prayer, and communication. Then the last thing we see is refreshing ourselves. The prefix on that word re means to do again. And I, I, I like to equate worship and Sunday services in our, your private times which fills you up. It refreshes you. Because once you get out into the world, it's like a sponge. It squeezes everything out of you. And we have to take time to refill, to refresh. Now notice what it says here. Genesis 2, 2 and 3 says this, By the seventh day God had finished uh, the work he had been doing, and on the seventh day he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day and made that day holy. Now it never says in the in the word that he un- made the seventh day unholy again. See, God, God knew what people would do and knew they needed to be refreshed from all the cares of the world. Do you think it was just because God was like, whew, I'm so tired. He says he made it holy because he rested from all the work of creating he had done. And let's jump to Mark 6. through It says the apostles gathered together around Jesus and reported to Him all that they had done and thought. They had been doing a lot of work. Verse 31 says, then because because so many people were coming, so much expectation, so much doing so much and going uh, coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. Notice what Jesus tells them. Look, there's people coming with needs. There's a lot going on they're, they're putting a lot of expectations on you. You haven't eaten yet. And Je- what does Jesus tell them? Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. See, sometimes we have to get away from the world. And all those things that's squeezing every last bit of energy out of us and get along with him so we can refresh and refill. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning as we close in prayer. Father, I thank you that Jesus showed us a way to help us cope with all the different pressures and stress in this world. And I just pray right now that each and every person in the sound of my voice could learn to truly cast their cares upon Jesus, that we could empty our worry wagon and load it on his shoulders because he truly carried the weight of the world on his shoulders. Father, sometimes it's beyond what we can bear, but through Christ, you will help us get through. When we know who we are, when we know whose we are, And when we know why we are. I thank you for that right now. And I just pray right now. If there's anyone that has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Whether you be in this building or listening um, on Facebook. Or through any other social media thing. I need you to know that Jesus Christ died on the cross. Because God loved you so much. And sent his son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. And you see, he went through everything he went through because he cares for you. And he wants you to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. See, we can't get to heaven because of our own behavior or attitude. Jesus says, with man, speaking of salvation, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So God gave us the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. So if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity right now. And all we do is simply say from your heart, and I want everyone, just to repeat after me, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and I admit, I am in need of a Savior. And I believe that you love me so much that you sent your Son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. And I believe He was raised from the dead and is seated at your right-hand side. I receive the gift of salvation today that comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you uh, next Sunday. Be safe. Serve the Lord. Amen.